0: Welcome to the Conversations Over Tea Podcast. My name is Panos. I got the lovely Catherine with me today. Um, and I figure uh invite you over have you come talk in a podcast. I don't know, it just sounded like a good idea at the time and hopefully we can have a little bit of fun. So first you know, that I have like little random segments like I was talking about before. First one is warming up. Like I think of like what um what what tea means to you or like what rituals do you have that Mm. are like tea like or like uh relaxation like what do you Mm. you know what's what's your thing
1: um maybe kind of weirdly um putting on eyeshadow okay is a like really nice self-care thing okay for me
0: Is it like the, what is it? Is it like the, is there a whole routine to it or is it a... Yeah, there's
1: a routine to it. And like, I don't know. It's kind of one of those things, I guess, like, you know, drawing or whatever, where you aren't really thinking about anything else except doing exactly what, like, kind of detailed thing that you're doing. And so, like, everything else just kind of, like, falls away and you're, like, fully present in the moment, doing doing that thing for, like, half an hour or whatever, and it's a nice escape from the rest of the world, I guess.
0: Is it bad that I didn't know that it takes, like, it's the whole process of eyeshadow, like, okay, I, I was in theater for a little while, so, like, I did the liquid eyeliner and the liquid eyeshadow before, but not, like, the proper powder stuff. Like, I didn't know it takes that long.
1: I mean, you can do it, you can do simpler <laughs> ones, but... Yeah yeah
0: okay no fair Mm. enough Uh, for me it's just like I don't know there's something about holding like a cup of tea Mm. and just like being like mildly introspective I was thinking about like um, like where I want my next home to be Mm. and thinking about like I need to have a spot where I can just Mm. like sit in a chair and like hold on to like a cup of tea and and, I don't know Um, one thing that I'm trying to do with this podcast is like you know if people want to drink along and and pour their tea and enjoy their tea and kind of like, I don't know if you used to do this and like, did you ever write blogs growing up?
1: I wrote a blog very briefly about baking in a small kitchen when I was in Korea and like using a rice cooker for making cake and that
0: sort of thing. Did you ever like, um, I I had a free open diary. I don't know if you like, basically it was like uh, a blog, but it was like an online diary. Hmm um in my angsty teens and i remember Mm. one of my favorite things to do which is kind of sad is uh is like create the environment for the person to read the the post Mm. and by like choosing the music that would be going around in the background Mm. um but i imagine for like conversation like this uh i try and just tell the people what tea we're drinking because Mm. you know tea is in the title yeah um so we chose a kaffa uh, apparently I should really look this up probably a little bit better, but apparently like in, in India, there are three teas that are supposed to sell, like sell ailments. Um, and like, that's what one of these teas are. So it's like, like a, what ginger and ginger mm-hmm. deliciousness, maybe a little bit cardamom. A little it's Good, good warmth, I'd say. Mm-hmm.
1: Maybe some fennel or
0: something? Yeah. Some, some anise
1: maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very nice tingle.
0: Mm hmm. It's that back of throat tingle. tingle, You're like, yeah, okay, let's do this. Yeah. Um, So what are you rocking out to when you're, you know, next time it's like, what's your jam? So what's your jam can be literally favorite food or favorite jam. What's like, Uh. what's that thing that you're really passionate about? Or like, you can do all three. What's the like, what's the song that you're rocking out to?
1: Ah. I, I like making sourdough bread, which you already know. Yeah, delicious. Um, so today I think I made my last loaf with my starter. Um, and so that's kind of a, my jam, I guess, because yeah. it's also something kind of nice that's a bit ritually, And mm-hmm. um, yeah, you're like maintaining this culture. And so there's kind of like an ongoing relationship of sorts where you're helping to... Yeah. Develop this thing into a better and better, yeah, you know, like living organism that you're using, yeah, to make your bread, and it's cool.
0: Have you passed on the starter to someone? I
1: have identified potential <laughs> recipients of the starter.
0: Is it mm. just because, like, does it end up being kind of like your like partner in crime or something? Like, um... I do
1: feel kind of loath to just flush it down the toilet. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, that makes sense. Yeah. Like,
1: yeah, just because, like, there's so much energy that goes into... Like, I've had it since, I don't know, January, maybe. So it's mm-hmm. been, like, four months of maintaining it and then have it go from being garbage to being not bad. And then it was it was anger with me for a brief period of time. So then it took a while to kind of nurse it back to health. Um, and it just kind of sucks to, like, throw it out. Yeah. Right?
0: How... I'm trying to figure out how you knew it was angry at you and how, like, oh, it just, like... Oh, yeah,
1: it, it's... T- they're temperamental. Like, if... Basically, if I go more than, like, five or six days without feeding it, it gets mm-hmm. upset and okay. sad and... Yeah, yeah.
0: legitimate. Like, it makes sense. Just, yeah. You know, you gotta, you gotta culture it. You gotta make sure that it's actually, like, going well. Yeah. I didn't know that, like... Just love the idea of like angry yeast. Yeah. <laughs> Something about that. Tangry. It's hangry. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's it's... the issue.
0: No. And, uh, mm. okay, so what jam do you put on it? Or is there. Oh, is there... Uh,
1: the jam that I put on it is honey. I like putting honey on it. You- um, my uh, housemaid is from out east. Okay. And her grandmother, I think, um, makes really awesome homemade strawberry jam. Okay. And so I have used that occasionally and very much enjoy it. Um, but the honey's where it's that. Yeah, for sure.
0: Know, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Butter and honey or just honey?
1: Uh, peanut butter and honey. Okay. Or cinnamon and honey. Yeah.
0: Okay, so... That's a winner. That, I'm just trying to figure, like, just sprinkling cinnamon on top of, like, toast with...
1: I mean, you don't want it to be dry because then it'll, like, you'll inhale and it'll, yeah you know, be like a cinnamon challenge situation. But um, if you spread it into the honey, yeah. then it does not do that.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's like the idea of having, like, a cinnamon honey as opposed to, like, just a regular honey. Mm. All right, there you go. I did not know.
1: It's supposed to be good for you too, hmm. before bed.
0: No, the one that surprised me is I was over in uh, in Lebanon and they made mint tea. Hmm. And uh, they're like, would you like cinnamon in your mint tea? Hmm. And I was like, sure. Hmm. Like not even conceiving of what it is. So whenever I think of like odd combinations, literally hmm. like if you, if you brew a pot of mint tea, you can just throw some cinnamon, like cinnamon stalks in there and it gives it, should come in no surprise but it, because it's like this richness that mm. i don't know i didn't think that like i didn't think that uh you would get out of that i don't know mm. i realized it's a spice i realized that you know it's used all over the world but i just i never thought to add it to mint tea mm. um, i have
1: this tea from david's tea that's called cinnamon mate ooh. so i can you can inherit that if you are interested at all <laughs>
0: cinnamon um, next time it's like a, a show and tell so is there anything that you've seen in the last little while mm-hmm. that you're like super excited about or like something that uh, a poem that you wrote or like a something because like we know each other through poetry initially mm-hmm. um, does it have to readiness. be something of mine that None I'm excited about I think of like I think of like podcasts that I've listened to or like um, TED talks I've listened to recently that I'm like yeah that's okay I cool, uh, you know.
1: I watched on um, on oh, I don't think it was on Netflix it was on Canopy, which is this, um, uh, basically it's like an online movie uh, video platform, Um, but it's largely educational, so you can get access through the public library, but it's not great in terms of the selection. Um, But I have access through Carlton, which has a great selection, and um, I watched a couple of documentaries. One of them was white like me i think okay and the other one was i am not your negro okay both along <laughs> similar lines and also uh bell hooks has um kind of short-ish video there about critical thinking which was cool Okay. so i was getting onto like a civil rights slash intersectionality yeah um path there which i really enjoyed
0: mm-hmm. yeah so, like uh, tell me a little bit like I'm super <laughs> privileged, it's a thing that I have, yeah, uh that I try and like you know be cognizant of, yeah. and try and i don't know not uh be like not i don't know if you can say do something about it, but like mm. be aware of it, I guess, is the best, so like what's why like me about you know uh what I mean? like, that
1: one, um, so I am not your negro is essentially like. Um the James, a lot of James Baldwin's writing from when he did a tour of the country um I think getting information about uh the civil rights movement yeah.
0: um
1: and he also wrote about the assassinations of uh one guy who was with the NAACP who was investigating I don't know, I think a police brutality incident or something. And uh, Martin Luther King and um, Malcolm X. But he had, I think, died. And then somebody um, put together his his work after he had passed away. I think, if I'm remembering correctly. Mm -hmm. Um, And then White Like Me (coughs) was... um, I don't know if it was written... Anyway, it was brought to life by uh, this white guy who Mm. is like a civil rights activist and anti-racist activist. Um, and he grew up either in a very black neighborhood or he happened to go to a school. Oh, his parents, his parents did not want him to be in a school with all white kids because they really, really wanted him to get a different perspective and, um, yeah. So they deliberately put him into a s uh I think maybe a kindergarten or something or, or an elementary school where it was essentially huh. all black kids and him. And um so it gave him quite a different experience. I think it was somewhere I don't know, maybe in Virginia yeah. or somewhere like that.
0: One of these truly segregated spots. That- yeah.
1: Yeah. Um and so like his whole life he's been doing anti racist activism and um so this was sort of him talking to white people about how they can kind of interrogate, well, how we can interrogate ourselves. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, that's really cool. Uh-huh. Like it's,
0: I always find like, I, I think it's a really interesting discussion to have and a really interesting one to, to explore. Cause like, it's, it's important to try and understand it to see if we can, you know, do our best to not make it a thing any. I'm, I'm pandering. I'm like, I'm trying to figure out the the right way of putting that. But mm. you know, I think there's a lot of misin like being misinformed. A lot of people are, and, and um, being able to interrogate that, I think, it's super important. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of what I've listened to recently, where I'm just like, yeah, um, yeah. The one that comes to mind. Uh, there was a TED talk that uh, that Holly Painter. Posted up mm. about six, maybe three to six months ago. And it was talking about how, like, there are some people that are like, the way that their minds work is very, like, one track. Like, they want to do the one thing and they're good at one thing. So, like, their careers are destined to actually, like, um, so, like, they, they always wanted to be a doctor. So, they're always going to be a doctor. And the way that their brain works is that, like, they'll be satisfied always being a doctor. Mm. Whereas there are, there's a whole other group of people that, um, basically they don't work that way. So it's like, they're going to have a bunch of different jobs, not because they're not able to actually think one way and they're not, it's not like a scatter of the brain, but it's more like, uh, the way that their interests work are a little bit more diverse, a little bit more, um, a little bit more scattered. And to kind of understand uh, I, I really liked it because it, it made me realize that I'm that kind of person, mm. um, and that that kind of person is it okay to be? Mm. Um, because yeah, I don't know about you, but like there have been times I know that like we talked about uh, schooling and whatnot, and um, just random like random things I've done, um, and I always thought it was just like you know like the world is kind of made for for people that have one track, mm. you know one track A linear careers. path, yeah. And, like, this path, for me, has been anything but linear. Um, but, but yeah, it was just, like, the idea that, that that could happen. Or that could be... You could be that kind of person. It would be okay. Um, but, yeah. Uh, you're heading off to Australia soon. hmm Like, is... It, how is... Aus- like... How is Australia with... Um, Social work and like what, what's bringing like I know that your partner's bringing you there, but like, what's exciting? Like I, I think that Australia is super cool because of like a lot of their mental health. Um, yeah, like they're they're innovators in mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just because I happen to know that because I took a mental first aid course. So like what's mm. what's cool about Australia? I guess is the uh, um, co- uh, koalas.
1: <laughs> I think <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I would rather meet maybe a, a Tasmanian devil than a koala. Yeah, Yeah, they're more fun, I think. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of uh, interesting research that comes out of Australia that's Mm -hmm. kind of progressive in terms of mental health stuff. Um, And, like, um, pleasure-centered sex education, I think, was first sort of developed out of Australia, if I'm not mistaken. So that is super cool, Yeah, which would be really neat to kind of learn more about and maybe get involved with somehow yeah it'll be super neat
0: oh that's super important i'm uh, thinking about like mm-hmm. uh all the sense i'll call it sensitization of like the the sex ed programs here in ontario mm. uh and just hilarious just seeing like uh, anyways it's like it's me making a major judgment of people but like the way that sex ed is currently or the way that it's trying to be want to call it silenced or want it like being um uh quelled or like pushed down like shamed and he's like it's really it's not a good method that they're going about doing Mm -hmm. it now but it's kind of cool that australia Mm -hmm. and i
1: mean i'm not sure what the reception is like and it could just be maybe in particularly progressive areas that you know that has been implemented, I don't know. Yeah. Um but like in in Ontario that the the newly developed curriculum that was just put into place like a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah, there's a very very vocal um kind of subset <clears throat> of the population who call it radical, where in fact it's like eh, I would I would argue that maybe it's too conservative on some points. Like yeah it still talks about with young kids, making sure that they are playing in gender appropriate roles Uh, and like essentially having friends that are the same gender, like emphasizing that it's important that they play with kids of the same sex. So like (laughs) needless to say, yeah, it's sort of like missing the whole point when it's trying to be inclusive, but then it's reinforcing the same Uh, you know (laughs) I feel like I've just been (laughs) saying this for like weeks writing my papers but like heteronormativity like you are just trying to like be inclusive at the surface level which without challenging any of the underlying like dominant norms that result in people hating gay people because they're different or trans Mm -hmm. people or whatever
0: well no and it's Mm. yeah that's not I, I do wonder where like I think they should be challenged. I'm just curious to know like where would you do that in a schooling a school setting. Do you know what I mean? Like
1: But I it I think that the the issue is that people think that it is an overt thing. Like I think rather than saying, you know, um necessarily some people are trans and some people are cisgender and this means this and this means that you could instead take out the part about kids needing to play in gender appropriate ways (laughs) and just letting kids fucking play with other kids. However, they want to play with other kids. Yeah. Right. Like that is the problem. Yeah. And that's what causes all of the, um, the othering. Right. And if you just get rid of that part, then you don't need to teach kids what this different person is like, because they are this definition. Yeah. Like you're just getting rid of the problem from the root of it. Yeah. But instead, like, you know, parents are paranoid that their kids are going to learn what anal sex is, you know, terrible, like, w- terrible. <laughs> yeah, anyway,
0: no, I, I yeah. totally agree with you. It's, mm. it's, you know, it's looking at, uh, it's looking at degendering a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I know that like recently, was it like the service Ontario is now, oh, what is it? It's like, they're going to answer whenever they answer the phone, oh. they're not going to give uh, a gender or something. I'm trying to remember exactly oh, okay. like what it is. It's like. It's some like very, very small change, hmm. but there was this giant uproar because it's like uh, because people
1: want to be asked whether, <laughs> yeah. It's like
0: I think it was something as simple as like when they answer the phone, they're not gonna go like hello, Mr. Blank, they're yeah. just gonna go like hello, John, yeah. Um, and then like kind of wait to understand maybe what the uh what the gender is before like gendering yeah. someone, and it, yeah. and it was something super simple, but like there was an outrage because of it.
1: And it's just one of
0: those things where like there, there are so many times where I I look at stuff in the news and I'm like, really, this is what you're worried about? Yeah. Like, (laughs) yes. They're going to
1: start calling me by my first name. (laughs) What's the world coming to? Well, it's just
0: like, you know, it's, it's giving that there's a lot of small changes that can be made that can change, um, that can change the way that people think mm-hmm. but people just don't want to be inconvenienced mm. uh, to have to like be... and it,
1: yeah to just change because it's not it how yeah i don't see how you could argue that it is an inconvenience to be called Catherine wilson instead of ms wilson like yeah. what difference does that make yeah you know my first name one way or another. It's yeah. just a matter of whether you're saying it. At, like, it really doesn't have any bearing on anyone's experience. No. Really.
0: Uh, <sighs> but it was it was it's one of those stupid. things where I'm just like, really, really, this is... This like, is the straw. Well, it's more like a, you know, it's, it's an important piece of news, but it's like maybe I'm just altruistic and hoping that like it would go the other way. It'd be Mm. like a celebration that Mm. service Ontario has started this thing. But I think it's like, again, this, this small group of people Mm -hmm. that are super vocal that are like, no, I'm not just no. Mm -hmm. Um, and
1: don't take uh, away my freedom to make everyone else miserable. Yeah, pretty much.
0: Don't change my world at all because I like it just the way it is. Uh, even though it is inconveniencing and terrible to a lot of people that feel really uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, so it's like, it's, it's very small things, um, that, that, yeah, people just don't, don't like change, uh, which is, I get it, mm. but like little things, come on, mm-hmm. don't put in an effort, but
1: yeah, I wouldn't even necessarily notice if service Ontario went from addressing me as Ms. Wilson yeah. to addressing me as Catherine Wilson.
0: Well, and that's the thing. It's like, okay. and, and. I think of, like, there's a lot of names that you assume are of a particular gender. Mm. But also I think of, like, a lot of names from countries that I don't know what gender it could be. That could be just really, really, um, like, angering. It's like, no, in my country, like, this is clearly a female name. You should just know, or, like, this is clearly a male name. Or whatever it is. You know, it's just like...
1: And there are plenty of names that are sort of androgynous. Yeah. Like, Robin... (laughs)
0: <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> yeah, uh, I think my favorite is uh, Aaron, only because like it's uh, almost always the spelling. Yeah, um, that uh, it's a spelling that really changes it. Because mm-hmm. like I, I don't know if I've met an A A R O N female Aaron. Yeah. you know, but you hear it and you're like, ah.
1: but uh. I think like androgynous names are quite popular at the moment. Anyway, right? Like, yeah. you know, Aster Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Aster Smith. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Also, I could think that hyphenated names have really come out of style. Mm. You, know? Mm-hmm. you know? I just, I, I, you don't see as many these days. Or maybe it's just, in, uh, mm-hmm. in my life, I just don't see him. Yeah. You know? <gasps> But I, I I don't know why that's the case yeah. at this point. But all right. You ready for the random question? Mm. What do you think your life will look like in 10 years?
1: Uh, am I supposed to like imagine that there is a way to predict that? <laughs> There's mean, never really a way to, know. you know, like. I know. But if you're like at the beginning of a career with. Yeah endless room to progress along a certain linear path. And I think you might have some idea. Um, I don't know. I guess kind of the most likely scenario is that I would be back in Ottawa, hopefully working in social work, Mm. hopefully with babies. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And... Yeah, I mean, like, ideally doing something with queer people. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe we will be in Melbourne, or maybe we will be in Germany, or yeah. maybe we'll be in B.C. or Guelph or something. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. No, that's kind
0: of... What do you think the state of the world will be in 10 years? Oh I think God. that's, like... I know I that's, that's a way bigger question, but, like, I, yeah. I, that was where my brain first went. Okay. I was like, okay...
1: Okay, where do I see the world in 10 years is a little bit scarier. Yeah. Because, like, every day, listening to what is happening with
0: Trump and, like,
1: yes, and the, like, emerging... Like, every day, there's a new connection to Russia controlling the United States. Yeah. Whether it's, like, John Bolton this week Mm -hmm. or, I don't know, whoever last week. And, um yeah it's like deeply deeply disturbing yeah and just like the um sabotaging of every government department like what are going to be the ramifications of that yeah. i don't know but it's scary to think about
0: well, i think the epa is the big one that yeah that i'm thinking like oh shit yeah like how do you how do you get rid of that or like how do you defund that so much
1: Well, and give all of the money to your friends who aren't even coming to work Yeah, that is supposed to be available for scientists that are actually saving people from dying from water poisoning of some kind. Like, yeah. And then like, you know, the, the sort of what you'd think to be the underlying reason for that, right? Like, yeah put people in charge of every department that thinks that department should not exist they run it into the ground make it completely obsolete and then like it moves the um the general like national perception to a space Mm -hmm. where oh the government can't do anything yeah because the government is sabotaging itself deliberately to make people Oh, it's just, it's like a, <laughs> yeah, like a dystopian novel. Yeah. It's, yeah, deeply frightening. I hope that Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren are the president in 10 years. Well, I guess not, I guess, yeah, 10 years, sure. Well. Hopefully in three, but.
0: Well, hopefully they will have at least had a term. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, and one of the things that, I, going back to Australia, one of the things I really appreciate about them is their um, voting system. mm uh, it's all, um, if I'm not mistaken, like, mistaken it's like mail-in ballots, oh. but it is like by law, everyone has to submit. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like, I remember being, um, on, ex- now, where was I? I can't remember where I was, but like there are there a couple Australian friends of mine. They're like, we have to send in our ballots mm. because otherwise we're going to get fined. Mm. I thought it was like a really interesting way. I think of like mm-hmm. how we kind of got here to, or how uh how the u.s got the president that it did and i think that like if the whole population voted Mm -hmm. it may have been a different result may have been the same one
1: i don't think it would have been the same one yeah yeah because like the people that don't vote are people that are essentially like blocked from voting which overwhelmingly are democratic voters
0: Hmm. i don't know that well enough to speak to it so i'm just like i did not know (sighs) (laughs) <sighs> <laughs> I'm sorry to get you on that. It was just more like a just thinking about like what yeah. the world will be like in 10 years. I'm like, okay, where I'll be is different than like where the, the world is going to be. And I don't know. I think, uh, I think it's an interesting question from like a, how do you want to change the world? Yeah. You kind of like have to envision what it's going to be like in 10 years yeah. to know where you should be in it yeah. almost. Um, and also like, you know, getting to the age and talking about babies, like you get into the point of like, I've heard it from too many people where I'm like, Where they've gone, um, I don't know if I want to have kids because of the world that they're going to grow up in. And I think that's such an odd... Like, I'm totally all for, hey, I don't want to have kids because I don't want the responsibility. It's not part of my life plan, whatever. But the idea that, like, the world is going to be so screwed up. Yeah. That you're not going to bring kids into the world.
1: I felt like that, mm, I don't know, maybe, like, seven years ago. Yeah? Yeah. But then, like, I I want... I, I want it so much that I, it will be what it will be. Like, yeah, I don't think the world's going to end for a few hundred years anyway. So, yeah. But it's like,
0: what state is it going to be in when that's always like, yeah. So I I like the question, but it's like such a weird ass question. It's like, what's the world going to be like in 10 years? No fucking clue. Yeah. Well, let's just hope that we're all happy, healthy and, you know,
1: and world war three has not. happened.
0: (laughs) That's a good question. Yeah. You know, we could be in the midst of a war at that time. Which is kind of scary. Because, uh, I don't know. Yeah. So, lighten the mood. Finish off with uh, famous last words. So, it's basically like, if you... I, I'd like to think of it as like the, the terrible, like, I'm about to die. What do you want your last words mm. to be? But it's also kind of like the, um, if you could tell the world something, or like remind the world of something, what would it be?
1: Why don't you go first in this one?
0: Um... Mine would be be kind. Mm. Um, There is, I found that there is often no reason to be mean to general people in your life. Like I just, I Mm. don't see the reason for it. Not only that, you're going to get a lot more done if you, if you are kind, if you want to be, what is the word I'm going to look for? Um, If you want like a reason to be kind, it's like, well, you'll just get further, but Mm. also like it's, I think of community, I think of, um, how important it is to, uh, give people the benefit of the doubt, give people like, uh, show them kindness. Um, especially if they're, you know, I can think of a couple of people that I know that are difficult people to be around or difficult, um, difficult people. Um, but being kind to them, it's impressive what that will do mm. to improve their lives and make them feel included. And also, um, how how the world would be a much better place if everyone was just a little bit nicer.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. Hmm. That would be my famous last words of the day anyways. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, I think, like, keeping your eyes open Okay, would be... And, like, by that I mean remain critical and curious about the way things are and why things are the way things are. You know? Yeah.
0: Cool. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks for coming and thanks Mm -hmm. for agreeing to do this craziness. Mm -hmm. I think it's just... I always find it fun, you know, it's an excuse to... I also like to use it as an excuse to, like, convince people to come and come over and have tea. Mm -hmm. Not that it needs to have an excuse, but sometimes it's like, ugh, I could just go hang out or I could record a podcast. (laughs) This is the trick, but thanks for agreeing to... To take on the crazy.
1: No problem. I got some good tea out of it.